You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast. Today's episode I've actually grabbed from a another podcast that I went on uh, months ago. It was Alexandra J's Heart First Podcast. And um, on that episode, I basically um, shared what I did to find my purpose in life. Um, you know, for a, a big part of my life, probably 15 odd years, I was lost and confused about who I really was. Um, and there was something that happened in my life that basically changed everything, that shifted me from that lost and confused state to having finally having meaning and really living on purpose and doing what I'm meant to be doing. So, yeah, if that's kind of you at the moment, you're feeling a little bit lost and confused, then you're really going to love this episode. So, enjoy. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Pumped. God, it's been Pumped. so long since I've seen you. Yeah, I know. Um, isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy our relationship over the years where we met originally to, you know, where we're at now? Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It's nuts how things in life turn out. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. No I'm really worries. excited. Who would have thought when we took that call all those years ago that we'd be sitting here now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, as in, you know what I mean? Like, you never would have gone, how long ago was that? That would have been four years or something? Like three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, who would have known that, yeah, that would be sitting here doing a potty together? Yeah. For the listeners, Luke was at the other end of a call of me wanting to Mm -hmm. pursue my, my dreams. So, it was like at the very, very, very beginning. So, um, Luke would definitely, he know mm-hmm. like you know me deeply. <laughs> I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm embarrassed of how, like, how I kind of conducted myself on that call. So that? that's what I'm laughing at. Just because, I, I mean, I don't remember how the call went down, but I mean, as in just the selling style and approach that we, we had, yeah. um, it's just so not who I, who I was and yeah. who I am and how I sell. So um, if I ever speak to someone from that era of who I sold to, I'm kind of like, I, I apologize to them. I say, hey, look, that wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry if I did anything, but yeah. I actually find that so funny. I mean, it was a very forward approach in terms of the sell, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there was some really great, there was some really great coaching on that call and you really yep. like helped me define what was really important to me. So. Awesome. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you got some value out of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, do you know what? I remember, I remember being in, we were in the back room, like we had this massive office. Yeah. Um, did you go, you went to the office at one stage, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember where you went to the, you, where you opened, you come out the lift and that front area. So I remember seeing you there. Yeah. I was in the back room. It's a major office, you know, it could fit probably 150 people. And we're in this back area. And um, I remember I was speaking to you and it was at nighttime. The sun had gone down. Yeah. It so been. that's, I still recall that. 
Yeah. Good times, Luke. So we'll dive into wow. some questions because today I really just, I want to, I guess, pick your brains or just understand your journey and like yep. roles, roles are being reversed right now. So I'd love to hear like <laughs> kind of what your journey was in terms of your career so far and yeah. what's led you onto this path now to be pretty much helping other people make their dreams come true. So take us back. Oh, wow. Where are we going back to? Let's go back to when you were in a job you hated. <laughs> oh. Um, well, I wouldn't say I hated well, any job or just the previous job. <laughs> okay, we'll go back to the point where you decided that you wanted, like you knew that you were made for something more and you had that niggling feeling. All right, okay. So when was that? You know what point it was where I kind of woke up? I'd been working for this company for, um, I'd been there for like I think nine years at the time or so. Um, I was in, it was a company selling, it was a blinds company. So we sold window furnishings and I'd been there for so, so long. And, you know, kind of like, you know, I was at the top of the company, like as in there's a boss and then I was the next in line. Kind of in, I was in charge of like basically um, culture and development, training, everything like that. But I've worked really close to the boss, was making a lot of money and um, had a decent lifestyle, decent lifestyle. Now, um, I do, I wasn't, I kind of, enjoyed things but I didn't love it and I'd always had side businesses like China's like I was always like you know I'm destined to build a business because my parents had a business basically my whole life so it's just my it's my I don't know it's just what I feel is kind of normal in life you just run a business because I looked up my parents and they've got a business so I'm just like oh I guess I'll own a business one day so but I kind of looked at, okay, what have I learned from my parents and how they run their business? And what have I learned from the business working very closely with the boss? Um, and they had about 40 staff, a multi-million dollar company, wearing very, working very closely with him and learning from him. I'm like, okay, what is bad about his business model? And he's, the, the thing that was bad about it was people. He really struggled with turning turnover. So he would hire someone, would train them up, and they would basically leave fairly soon, a high turnover rate. And he really struggled with it. And I'm just like, man, I don't know how you do it over and over and over. You spend all this time investing in people and then they just, you know, they just eventually leave or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I need to grow a business and I need to do it that doesn't rely on staff. So what I did where I'm just like, okay, I, I basically looked for ideas on how to grow businesses without in requiring a team of people so like automation stuff had to be online for starters number one and it had to be able to be automated and i kept on going down this kind of path of like the, i think one of the one of the things we got into was like um uh like importing exporting exporting at one stage <laughs> that's some funny shit there um another thing i had this uh, thing called buyer power so I'm, I'm good at negotiating, yeah? Like if I ever buy something, I am really good at it. So like I was like, I, I could find and get prices for people when they buy high ticket items and I could save them like a lot of money. So I like, I'm going to make a company out of it. So basically what it is, like say for example, Alex, you want to buy a car um, and you go get a price for a, uh, a, a C-series Mercedes. You then come to buy power. And then let's just say you've got a price for 80 grand 
and then I get it for 70 grand, I take a snippet out of the 10 grand difference. That was what buy power was. That's awesome. So uh, that didn't work out. Okay. It's a great <laughs> idea though. But wait, were so, you taking, uh, were you taking, so say, oh, you just took a snippet of that 10 grand, not all of it, right? A snippet, not the whole 10 yeah. grand. But mind you, like, I don't think we got one sale. The idea was there. Okay. But it was like kind of, uh, I printed it, me and my mate did it. We printed out these brochures and we just went around and letterboxed and dropped them to people. But it was a, such a new concept. We just, we didn't know how to communicate the message of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, in, a, in reality, look, if it, it's, it makes sense. I mean, look, if you've got a price for 70K and I can get the exact same car for $10,000 less and then, hey, the money I'll save you, let's just split it. I can save you 10 grand. You give me five grand, you've saved five grand. Over. It makes sense and people go for it, but we didn't know how to communicate the message. So it didn't get sold. Yeah. Mm. So it could have worked, but, um, you know, being young and impatient and wanting the world tomorrow and, you know, to be a multimillionaire, uh, my patience was like almost like, hey, we'll launch things as soon as we hit resistance onto the next idea. Has anybody heard of that? Anybody relate? Yeah. Yeah, I could um, relate. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So you know what it's like. You, we're very similar with that. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm liking this, but it's just like, yeah, okay. Resistance. Let's move to the next thing that happened with this multiple businesses. Um, and I think what was happening was that ultimately back when I was younger, I thought the meaning of life was money. Yeah. I was, um, I had some like, uh, like past trauma that I hadn't healed from basically in a sense that I was wanting and craving love. Yeah. And I hadn't healed from you know, stuff that happened through childhood. And then I saw that, okay, if I build a successful business, then I will get lots of money. That'll make me significant. And then I'll get all the love and attention that I crave, especially from my parents. Right. Um, so once I kind of learned all this stuff, um, I realized, hey, I need to be healed from this. And I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. And it wasn't just one thing. I went to so many webinars and workshops and shit like that. But the one that really broke me through was Date With Destiny, Tony Robbins, which is, um, uh, have you heard of that before? Yeah, I've, um, I've watched the Netflix doco as well. It looks pretty. Yeah, the guru, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's based off. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think the doco is called I'm Not Your Guru, right? I'm Not Your Guru, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, awesome. So we went to that and um, that was where I kind of learned what was really going on. And that was like the, the first thing where I really started to let, I wouldn't say I completely let go of it, but really started to let go and being started to connect to my heart. And then once you, you know, once you start connecting to your heart, guess what? You stop doing the shit that you aren't meant to be doing and you start doing the things you're meant to do. So after doing that, kind of had this massive realization. I'm like, what am I doing trying to build this bloody business here, which I, I tried to build this blinds business, this online blinds business, um, which again was to do with auto automation and you know, not deal with people because I saw that my boss has issues and struggles with staff. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to build a business. I just want to make money. I don't want to have headaches. So then as soon as all that happened, I'm like, and I'm like, man, what am I doing? And I'm like, I'm clearly meant to be out there helping people. Like I've got such a passion for self-development. I'm meant to be helping people. And that's when I went and um, I was, I think I came across Ryan Madges, yeah, from Winnie International. And I'm like, I just basically, you know, sent him a video and said, hey man, I want to work for you. And I just didn't stop until he basically hired me. 
Um, so that got me into the coaching industry and it wasn't necessarily coaching as such, Alex, that was a bit weird for me as in coaches, the niche of coaches that was foreign. What I loved was business. I loved learning about business. And I thought, you know what? I can come in under this dude, learn about this business stuff. I love that it was online. So it was new age. Cause I was like, man, when I'm starting a business, it's definitely got to be new age. Um, so I'm like, man, this is ticking the boxes. And I just went into this company and what I did, I, I lost myself. Ultimately, I basically went in there and said that, Hey, I've been kind of a leader in this past 10 years. I'm going to drop everything and be a complete newbie a beginner and basically shut the hell up and just do whatever anyone says. Yeah. in that company. And that's where, for example, the selling side, which I apologize for, it was because I basically, whatever they told me to do, I said, yep, no problems. I'll do it. Um, I mean, there was, there was, there was dudes in that company that were 18 years old, Alex and 21 years old. And I was basically going to them and saying, Hey, what do I do here? Can you give me some advice? It's almost like I was changing identities and I lost myself in the process. Mm. Um, so yeah, going through that whole experience with winning international, which is learning about the coaching industry, it was probably one of the most life like transforming things. It really did. It really got me on the path of where I'm at now because what was amazing about it was that um, for the first time in my life, I was in an environment where I was allowed to be vulnerable and open. Um, and I was allowed to express my fear, me being scared, me being unsure, me getting things wrong. And previous to that, because I was this perfectionist where I worried so much and care what so much of what other, other people think, I would avoid anything that I could fail at. I had to always be amazing at things. And because of that, everyone knows that you can't go anywhere in life when that's the case. So I got to this company and I was accepted for stuffing up and making mistakes. And that having that environment then allowed me to go, sweet, I'm cool making mistakes and stuffing up now. Now it's one. And once I learned the ropes there for a little bit, I then like, cool, I'm doing this myself. Yeah. That's awesome. How long were you there for? I was there for, I would say about, I think about a year and a half. Yeah. I'm really interested to know because I feel like for so many people, the awareness that they've got stories around money or stories around um, like insert something that you might be struggling with at the moment, the awareness is there of like, I, I know that I've got this block or I know that this is limiting me. I'm curious to know like, what is the, what was the breakthrough for you that you had where you were like, like at date with destiny, what was it that really like pushed you through? Mm. The, um, well, the date with destiny thing, basically uh, to kind of sum up what was going on, I had some real big struggles with my sister growing up. Um, basically she became, she was a drug addict and there was like a really um, family life was not good. It was like, it was a really not like nice life at home. Hated being at home, everything like that. And because my sister was in such a struggling point in her life, I hated that basically I was getting zero attention. Um, I hated what she was causing at home where it was just fights and yelling and screaming and the house getting broken into and needles on the ground and all this shit going on, right? This wasn't just six months, Alex. This was years and years and years and years and years. So um, 
I had so much anger and hatred towards her to the point where I was actually hoping she would die. There'd be times where she would o- overdose, yeah, and the hospital, the ambulance would come get her. And I, I swear to God, Alex, like, I hated her that much that I was just like, please just be the one where she dies. That was how much anger I had inside me. Yes. So that was, you know, so much anger built up inside me for all those years. So when I got to date with Destiny, I was kind of like, I didn't go to date with Destiny because I'm like, I need to heal. I thought I was healed, yeah. Um, I was just going there because I was this like dude that loves Tony Robbins and peak performance and shit, right? And we sat down on the first day and he goes, everyone is here for a reason. Some of you know it, why you're here. Some of you think you know why you're here, but you're not actually here for that reason. There's one person in your life right now that is controlling everything about you and how you look at life. I want you to think of that person. I'm like, I knew that person straight away. And he's like, you know what we're going to be doing over this next week is that you're going to be forgiving that person. And I'm like, man, I can, no chance. I'm like, cool, Tony. All good. But I'm like, she can, um, you know, she can say sorry to me and she can ask, you know, me to forgive her, but I ain't going to ask her to forgive me. That's what he said. He goes, you're going to ask him to forgive you and you're going to let it go. So that was kind of the moment where I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I didn't realize I was coming here for that. And that was like, man, I'm like, I'm no, I'm, I know I'm in for some real crazy shit over these next seven days. So that was the point where, and I hadn't actually accepted it at that point yet. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, he wants me to do it, but I'm not going to do it. But um, yeah, after that seven days, Alex, I basically met up with all my family individually. And just kind of said to him, hey, look, you know, I just want to come clean with who I really am. I'm a, you know, you know, I've, I'm, I'm fucking scared. I'm this, this, this. Met up with my older sister first because she was, I wasn't really close with my family at all. Met up with my older sister because she was the most comfortable that I was with. So it's pretty easy telling her because we had a decent relationship. Met up with my, with my brother to basically, what I wanted to do, Alex, is just come be vulnerable and just, tell them that I love them because I wasn't close with my family and I wanted that. But I just thought, Hey, my family kind of didn't work out, but Hey, when I have kids, yeah, man, I'm going to have the family that I always wanted growing up. But you know, my family here, it didn't work out, but I'm cool. I'm just going to wait till I get kids. But then after that seminar, that, that Tony Robbins thing, I'm like, "Mm, that's bullshit. Like I can change, I can change this. I had the belief I can change it. So yeah, met up with my sister, told her, all good hugs all good she's like yeah i love you too bro met up with my brother now i was walking into his house trembling yeah because we don't express any sort of emotion and i said hey bro i just want to give you a hug i just want to say that i love you and it's like weird as hell it's awkward as hell he's like all right i'm like i did it and then i met up with mum and dad and mum's good mum's affectionate so no problems with mum yeah um my dad no nah he's the opposite and he basically, I said, Dad, look, I just want to say that, you know, I just want to say that I love you and I want to give you hugs and stuff. And Dad goes, look, Luke, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing I, and I, I get it. He goes, I just don't do that. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say that I love people and I'm not affectionate like that. And I said, bullshit, Dad. I said, I see how you kind of hug our nieces and nephews, your grandchildren. You hug them and give them kisses all the time. You just don't do it with us because you feel safe with them. You don't feel safe with us. I go, Dad, I'm going to tell you that I love you regardless and give you a hug. Went up to him. Gave him a hug, said him I love him, didn't say it back, didn't give me a hug back. Nothing at all. But just chipped away at him, yeah. And, um, yeah, my dad passed away two months ago, and I tell you what, I have such 
sad as it is, such closure with my dad that, you know, our relationship since then, which was, I think that was five years ago, four or five years ago, just got what I wanted out of it. Yeah. It didn't work leading up to that, but all that didn't matter. It was just like everything that I wanted to get out of it. It was just like we had it in the last number of years. So it was sad when he passed, but I just, I just felt so grateful that I got that because I know so many people don't, Alex. So many people don't get that opportunity. So yeah, it was really, it was, it was special. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I got to do all that. And I, and I did kind of have the courage to do what I did because mm. that changed everything. And our family's so different now, Alex. Like we're, I hug my brother every single time I see him now. And we're like, we got this little, my dad's like kind of was in the end. He's like, you know, he does the, the bro, the bro hug with, okay. with everyone that he meets and dudes. So it was like a little bit of a joke, but fun. Like we, that's, that's what it all turned around. It all turned around. Yeah. Just by you. Like, and that's what I always say. It only takes one person, one strong leader to lead the way. And then like the rest kind of follows and falls into place. I'm curious to know, like, yeah. how did you, you mentioned earlier about how you kind of after that experience really came into your heart. So how, aside from your family, how did that change everything else around you or your life yep um well there's the family thing of course um there is the relationship with courtney um courtney and i were madly in love in the early stages of our relationship um but we fought we fought a lot and if i got drunk um i would lash out and shit like that not physically but verbally yeah and i'd just do weird shit so as soon as all that anger i released it oh by the way i didn't even say mention how i met up with my sister which is the whole fucking thing oh right but after my parents i met up with my sister which is man, I, I don't speak to her you know what i mean as in if she comes to a family event i leave and i've been doing that for 10 years type thing so i met up with her and i said sis i go i just want to i just want to say sorry for being a really shit unsupported brother and i just i want you to i hope you can forgive me and we hugged, we cried, and it was like I physically felt all this weight, such weight, just literally physically fall off my shoulders. And it was like all this release, gone, 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 gone. And then from there, it was just kind of like, man, I'm, I'm back to my, I'm back to real Luke. You know what I mean? After that. So then, yeah, things with Courtney, I um, mean, our relationship, like we, we have arguments and stuff now, but like it's just, nothing you know what i mean it's just nothing it's like we uh, we argue basically on probably number one i like to keep the house clean so you know she likes to she's got a lot of shit she should leave stuff so i that was one that's probably the one only thing i argue with her for and i i annoy her because i'm an annoying person alex i got add so i <laughs> sing and i tap and i piss her off i'm too noisy that's basically all we argue about you know what i mean it's just like can you yeah. clean your shit up and she's like can you shut the fuck up yeah that's it like normal fights um, really what's that they're like normal fights. Normal fights, yeah. Yeah. Nothing crazy. So it was like, you know, back in the day, in the early stages, it was like, you know, I'd name call her stuff and we'd have like really dirty um, arguments. And she had some, she also had um, challenges with uh, her her parents and her family. Um, but we both did date with Destiny together. So it was both like a, a healing time for us. Um, so it was that. There's obviously the business thing, like going in the right direction of what I'm ultimately here to do. Yeah. Um, and same with friends. I just, 
I stopped fucking hanging around so many people. I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just hanging around my real mates. I had so many mates back in the day, but I'm just like, I'm just going to make time for my real mates. That's it. And I've now, I've got a small group of mates now. I've got so many mates that I'm mates with. Yeah. Not enemies. There's only a couple that I make time for now. And like, I've got no apologies for it. Simple as that. So very good. That's it. Yeah. I just want to quickly jump in and talk about a program of ours called The Leading Coach, which helps coaches grow a six-figure-a-year business organically. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making, on average, between zero and $5,000 a month, and you want to learn how to get more clients and take your business to the next level, and you've been following us for a little bit and you just love our style and our approach and what we're all about, then right now you can join the waiting list to The Leading Coach. Now, we only open up enrollments to TLC a few times a year. So um, by joining the waiting list, basically you'll be put on a notification list and be notified of when we open the doors next. And you'll also be one of the first that gets access to the Leading Coach program page, which includes all the details about what's in it, what it includes, and all the information so you can make a decision um, about whether the program is exactly what you need or not. Uh, So the link to join the waiting list is lukepage.com.au forward slash TLC. I'll also pop that link in the show notes as well. So anyway, let's get back to the episode. And so now you've moved into this space where you're essentially coaching coaches, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us about like the ethos or like the, like the core of what you do in terms of your coaching. Yep. Cool. Um, the ethos and the core of what I do is selling, but selling authentically, Alex. So, um, you know, everything, this is my belief in it. Everything that we do in our business is basically selling. Yeah. Because uh, selling is just a form of communication. And if you're talking about in building a coaching business in 2022, it's all on social media and whether we're doing a sales call or we're recording a video or writing a caption uh, or writing a sales page, everything is communicating, right? So, you've got to become a master at communicating. And if you do it effectively, you will get results. If you do it ineffectively, you won't get results. And I'll give you an idea, the buyer power example, right? Now, that's a model that legit can get people results. Yeah, could get results. I could get results, but I couldn't communicate the message correctly. And that's what's going on in the coaching world right now. There's so there's a lot of coaches out there that are awesome at what they do, but they suck at communication. So um, that's, what I, that's my ethos is like learning to how to sell becoming awesome at sales, but doing it in an authentic way. So for example, I think that, you know, why I get a little bit embarrassed about um, how we, uh, on the phone call that I had with you back in the day, that was really hardcore sales, yeah? But I think it lacked authenticity in a lot of times. Now, you might be like, no, I actually got bail it. And there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of authenticity in there, but there's a lot of inauthenticity. So for example, the way that we closed, that was just such bullshit. For example, like we were, you know, everyone listen to this. We, we basically had a rule that, Hey, they, they got to buy this $20,000 program on the call. That's it. And they're not, there's no thinking about it. There's no getting back to you tomorrow. It's like they buy now on the call or they're gone. So it's hardcore, hardcore sales. Um, I'd actually stick to that. So if someone came back to you yeah. later and was like, hey, I actually want to sign up, would you push them away? I don't think we would have, no. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Which is, that's an, an example of 
inauthentic selling. Mm. So I think there's a lot of that going on, Alex, right now where, you know, when it comes to selling, there's tactics and techniques. So um, what you mentioned there was an urgency tech tactic where it's like, hey, you got to buy now or you're not going ahead. And then some coaches use that shit, but then the coach calls up a, two days later and goes, oh, you know what? I want to go ahead. And they're like, yeah, cool. Come on in. Yeah. And I don't think that people are way too smart now. Like that stuff just doesn't work. I think like everyone, no one wants to be sold to. And so I think so true. Yeah. That's where authentic selling really comes in. So how, like, how do you go about being authentic when you do sell? Like what's, what's the, like the core of that? Yep. Um, the core of that is basically number one, you've got to learn the sales process and how it works. So a general sales process, for example, just to kind of, I mean, there's different sales process, but the general sales process is number one is you open up, you speak to someone, you develop rapport with them. I just call it chit chat. Then number two is you find out their needs and their struggles and where they're at. So you can understand their situation. And then number three is then you go, okay, sweet. If you can help them, you offer them a solution, whatever that is in the form of your program. And then the last part is, well, it's time to ask them to make a decision. So that's just the standard structure that you you take them through. Um, what was your original question? Like, what's the, um, what did I ask? What yeah, be careful the- with me because I don't remember what I answer sometimes. <laughs> the, the authenticness behind selling. Like, I have my oh, answer of what I think I would, what I think it would be, but I want to hear mm-hmm. in your eyes, like, what is authentic selling? Yeah. Um, like, well, it's, it's only what I'd say it is. Yeah, Alex, I mean, you've got your, um, you've got your meaning to it. This is just what my meaning is in regards to what I do. Well, authentic selling is knowing a sales process and knowing how to follow a sales process. So you are actually selling, for example, you're not just rocking up in your business and you're like, oh, my goal is to get a client. Um, I don't really know, I have a plan. And I'm just like, I guess I'll post some content and just hope they DM me and walk in, right? That's having no plan. So it's actually having a plan to sell and knowing what you're doing and following the sales process. But guess what? The authentic part is being yourself along the way. What most people do is when you teach sales, Alex, they turn into a salesperson. They turn into someone that they're not. They start using scripts and they start saying shit that they don't want to say and they start becoming this robotic salesperson. So the whole point of it is that the art is knowing a process and knowing what you're doing, but you still stay your original self. That's the art to it. Because when you can do that, that's where you become super powerful. All of today's most successful coaches are masters at authentic selling. They sell all the time, all the time, but they do it in such a natural way where it's just like, hey, I'm just talking a good old mate next door type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Generally, what goes with struggling coaches is they either sound too much like a salesperson, so they're selling too hard, they sell, sound like a salesperson, the cliche, typical salesperson, or they avoid sales altogether and they don't because they don't want to, they don't want to come across like a salesperson. They do everything in their power to avoid selling and good luck trying to grow your business when you're avoiding selling because everything that you do is communicating, communicating is the selling. Yeah. I saw this um, really cool thing that someone... Um, I think it was on someone's story. It would have been a coach that I follow. And she was kind of talking about this concept of selling authentically. And she was talking about how she went to Bali and she had this amazing smoothie at this cafe. And then how she went around to literally everyone. And she was like, I've got this smoothie. It is amazing. You need to go there. You need to try it. And she was kind of like likening it to this idea of selling. And it's like, if you have a good product, 
if you have mm-hmm. something that you really believe makes a difference and can like make a change it's kind of like looking at it differently and like just educating people on your products really authentically is kind of sales would you agree yeah i, I totally agree if you got something that you really um if you really believe in massively you're halfway there because if you fully believe in yourself and your program, you're halfway there. I'm not going to say you're fully way there because there's still amazing people out there believe in their stuff, but they don't know how to. It's the same example of the biopower thing, yeah? I believed in it. I knew I could get results. I couldn't communicate the message. So that's where halfway there, yes, if you're kind of speaking to someone one-on-one, but Speak, having someone on the phone, speaking to a one-on-one is way easier to sell than when you're doing a video or a sales page. That's where it gets complicated. That's where you've got you to become way better at communicating. That's where the messaging is really, really, really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you mentioned about the ethos, I would say that I've got a, I've got a, um, I don't know. This is the way I see it, yeah, Alex, is that we're, as leaders and we have our clients, especially when you're running a group program, I just feel that we're responsible because they look up to us and I get it. I've, I've had so many mentors and like, for example, Ryan was one of them, right? I've had so many key mentors in, in my life where people, when you look up to someone and admire them, you literally will model them and you'll forget your own values along the way sometimes, Yeah. And I'm aware of that because I've done it multiple times in my life. And I, I feel an enormous responsibility to my clients to be showing up as seriously the best version in every area of life. So for example, I'm a healthy fucker. Yeah. And I know that, Hey, I could be unhealthy and I show you how to grow an awesome business and run this billion dollar business, but I'm just like this unhealthy person. Well, I'm going to be showing my clients that don't be healthy. You know what I mean? So I just feel that, you know, the areas in life, I, I feel a responsibility to be actively working on because I know that people are watching me with it. So that's a major thing. It's not just about building a business. It's about being a good human. It's about being healthy. It's being great to your partner, being a great parent, about enjoying your life, having fun along the way, being a good, you know, family member, like literally, seriously, all that stuff. It's like kind of like we're always working on everything. Um, and I've always got, I've always got something like I've, I've been recently, I've been having shit with my mum, Yeah. But I'm like, you know, there's, there's always something to work on, but I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm always looking for, okay, how do we kind of solve it? And I don't want to sit in this area where I'm fighting with my mom. Like, let's just get through this thing. I might be unhealthy for a couple of weeks or two, but Hey, I get back on the, get back on the ship. So yeah, I, that's a big philosophy of what I do as well is kind of spreading a great message around every all those areas there yeah yeah I agree and I used to have a lot of like um like the word life coach just used to make me feel like I used to resent it and I would never use it um but the like I've recently kind of gone through this whole like re-identifying what that word truly means and it's very similar to what you said it's just about how you move through life and Mm. it's more about how you show up for the for the challenges or obstacles that really come your way and having a range of tools in your tool belt that you can work through these things um, so that you're not doing things like trying to numb yourself out by getting drugs getting drugs or 
getting drunk or, mm-hmm. you know, like being promiscuous or um, insert whatever your coping mechanism is. It's like this real way of moving through life. It doesn't make you a perfect human, but it makes you someone who's showing up for your spiritual assignments and really learning things along the way. So I love that you said that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like, can I just, you're actively learning, you know, you're not perfect, but it's like, you know, when you stuff up and make mistakes, you're just cool with just talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, for example, Courtney and I have a really great relationship, but, you know, am I going to pretend it's perfect all the time? Like, it's fucking not. Um, I don't care. I'm cool with that. Like, I'm just like, sweet as. Like, let's just like, let's just deliver it how it is. Um, there we always areas where you drop the ball. Um, but it's just like, you know, I'm kind of actively trying to be better with it all and just trying to do for all the greater good, yeah? Yeah. Are you coaching anyone else other than coaches? Like anyone with a business or an online business is someone that you... All coaches. All coaches. Cool. Yeah, all coaches, yeah. And aside from like the lack of selling, what else do you find to be the most common issue? Um, the most common issue i'm just gonna chuckle you're in melbourne aren't you it's been it's been humid the last couple of days isn't it so humid it's like 27 degrees and muggy today yeah i actually like humidity though it's gonna it reminds me of being um kind of on holiday so i'm all good with like the the the, you know the sweaty sticky feel but most people like i hate it yeah i get um so what's the other issue yeah, like I kind of, the, the main issue that I see is, and the yeah. main issue that I know that I've struggled with on my journey, like in more of the early days is that self-belief or that fear. Mm. And I find that that's probably something that people who even might be listening to this are like, I really want to start a business, whether that's like a jewelry business or like a tattoo business, or just to completely do a pivot and change their career what are the yep. things that you think would be holding them back the most? Yeah, I would have said that. I would have said the mindset part around um, basically the care of what other people think. Um, for me, it's kind of like that's probably the thing that you deal with most. And look, it's to all of us. Like it's what I struggle with. It's what the next person struggles with. And what generally happens is that the... The, the more you build your business, all you're doing is just dropping the care. That's all you're doing. Um, you know, I, I look back and when I, you should go have a look at my social media page, Alex, and go have a look at the evolution of what I was going through. I'm just like, there's phases in there where I'm like, man, I'm so caring what people think and I'm not being my true self and I'm appealing to a certain audience. And it's just, it was, it's just rubbish because I was caring so much about what people think. So, um, yeah, definitely that. Dropping the care. Dropping and what care. would you say to your clients in terms of the way around that? Because it's very easy to go up to someone and be like, stop caring what people think, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, but like what's an actual tool that people can use to move through that? Yep. Number one is environment. Environment. So you can you can do all the stuff in the world. And I've tried it all. I've done, you know, you can do your tapping, you do your meditations, and you can do all this meditation, like you know, all that shit, right? Um your environment's number one thing by far. If you're around a group of people who support you doing that, you're going to do it because you've got this fear. Hey, if I do that, I'm going to lose what I ultimately want in life, which is love. So if you've got the love there with you 
And you can go down the path of going, oh, well, I'm going to build up my self-love, but you, you can do it a little bit, but seriously, most people, 99% of people, this self-love thing, you still need people to tell you that you're worthy. That's what I find with it. Yeah. So if you're in a group of people that are constantly telling you that you're worthy, you're worthy, 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 you can do it, you can do it, do it. You're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. You start to go, you know what? I actually am. And then you start, maybe, maybe you're scared to do a post and you do this post. And because you've got that outside environment, which is a little bit risky, like you can get haters and people don't like and comment shit like that, but you've got your supporting environment here and they're giving you love. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You'll be like, I'm safe. I'm safe. So environment. So one thing that I, I do with, with the TLC clients, um, and I, I love this thing. It's like, it's, it's basically because uh, uh, everyone freaks out about this. You've got to post, it's, it's called the potato, the potato man, potato woman photo. You've got to do a post where it ruins your feed. There was like a, a couple of years ago, I was looking at my feed and I was like, man, my feed looks so awesome. And I was like looking at it, I was feeling good about it. And I'm like, uh-oh, Luke, you've been, you've fallen into the Instagram trap of getting great feelings from a fabricated image of yourself. So I'm like, I've got to stuff my feet up. And I'm like, I know I didn't want to do it. My head's like, Luke, Luke don't do it. My heart's like, Luke, you got to do this thing. And I kind of battle with it for a bit, but I'm like, you know, what? I'm just doing it. So I took a photo, had this perfect grid and like all nice photos and filters and shit. And then I took a photo, just like a, you know, crappy photo up close, kind of on an angle where the phone's looking up your nose, something. <laughs> And then posted it, no photo, Miss Potato Man. And it ruined my feed. And I basically said, hey, guys. And I just told them. I go, I was looking at my feed, getting good feelings about it. And I said, I don't want to be falling into this bullshit trap like everyone else does. So here I am. I'm posting this. It hurts me that it's from my feed, but I know long-term this is going to benefit me. So I, that was a, such a, an awesome moment for me. And I make all the TLC clients do it. And they freak out when they do it because they had the same feelings like, oh, I've worked so hard this. But when they all do it, they, the feeling they get is amazing. They feel like this weight's dropped off them. Now, when you can do extreme things like that, then, you know, getting on video and saying a line here or talking about what you believe in and it's controversial, that shit don't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it's um, just doing exercises like that where you can start breaking free. Now, the thing is we talk about environment, yeah? If someone's there by themselves, Alex, and they're reading a book and they're like, step one, how to let go of the fear of care what other people think, post a potato, Miss Potato Woman photo, you're not going to do it because you're going to be in such fear. It's like, oh my gosh, if I do that, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm ugly. They're going to think that I'm like unprofessional. They're going to think this. People are going to backstab me. But because you've got that environment, we all do it together. We now have the courage that, hey, I'm safe. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I've found. Yeah. There's a couple things there. Firstly, um, I think it's okay to, to need external validation in a healthy way. I think this idea of validation has been criticized a lot, like, oh, you're just trying to be significant or you're just seeking validation. But I think validation is actually a really important part of us actually going and following our heart and following our dreams um, and have, and like you said, being around people that truly uplift you and believe in you is so important because I've been in, in environments where I didn't believe in myself and I was around people that like, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to. So like you're the first pillar, but at the same time, if you believe in yourself so much and no one around you does, that's going to sl slow your journey down significantly. 
you might still yeah. get there, but just in a really slow way. So yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the validation thing. I mean, look, we've all got this need for significance. Let's just not hide from it. Yeah. Um, we like to all feel bloody special. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong so, with that. Oh, good. Yeah. There's no point hiding from the fact that like, we all like to feel special. So yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's a, Sometimes there's, I yeah, even notice healthy. myself doing it and I notice like I'm seeking validation in some sort of way, even if it's like asking like one of my parents a question and it's like my inner child is clearly seeking that love and validation. <laughs> I'm super aware of it and I make a joke right. about it. And then it's like mm. once you accept it and you own it, it's like it doesn't have the same power over you as it would if it's coming from a really wounded place of like, if yeah. you don't love me, then I'll die sort of things yeah yeah so true i do it with like say corny i'm like we have this little joke about me being a handyman because all my mates are tradies i'm like one of the only my mate and my my good mates and accountant we're probably the only ones that don't really like this is like the growing up group everyone else is tradies we're like you know kind of like i don't know what you call it use our use our mouths and minds i guess um so like I have a joke that I'm just like when it comes to fixing things and all like that out of all my mates, I'm just worthless. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I've got no skills and all that type of thing. And unfortunately Courtney's stuck with the dude that can't do anything. So we have Courtney and I have this joke about being a handyman and you know, like I fixed the tap the other day and like I do things like that and I actually am really proud of myself and Courtney, I kind of, I kind of make it a point. So Courtney always, validates me that i'm actually handy if you know what i mean yeah so she'll always <laughs> praise me like, oh, I mean, yeah it's like oh, fix the tap baby you're like yeah you're amazing <laughs> so yeah no, i chase that stuff all the time oh yeah yeah um what you said is the is the key the healthiness of it yeah where you've where you've got you know a a, a, a real genuine love for yourself um and you also want others to love you as well i think it's the the healthy balance is the, is the key or well, like you said yeah yeah Totally agree. Well, this has been amazing. Luke, thank you so much for being so vulnerable today and sharing your story with us. I'm sure it will inspire some people. Um, and if you are a coach at the start of your business, definitely reach out to Luke because he is a business king. Business king. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Business so, king. Yeah. I mean, look, it's if, if you're probably making up to 200K in your business, reach out to me. Yeah. So zero to 200K. But uh, yeah, Alex, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been. Where can people find you, Luke? Just to finish. Let's off. go. Um, let's go. Insta um, at Luke underscore page. Um, just P A G E, as in the paper page, that type of thing. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, great to chat. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.